with Christine. Are you willing to step into your greatness? Are you ready to shine? Well, get ready, Truth Seeker. You're in for an amazing ride. And now, here's the host of the show, Christine Blasdale. Today's show is brought to you by how do I create a podcast.com? Want to create your very own podcast to promote you and your business? Learn how you can become a rock star podcaster in 30 days or less. Just visit how do I create a podcast.com. That's how do I create a podcast.com. Welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host. Christine Blasdale, your expert authority business coach. I take overwhelmed entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, mompreneurs, and I help them get the word out about their business through podcasting, videos, TikToks, you name it. And I am very happy uh, to be joined today. Ooh, we, the, we, this, this has been a long, it's been an interview long in the making, uh, has it not, Michelle? Michelle Phillips is my guest today. She is uh, also affectionately known as the light lady who illuminates her clients' paths to greatness. But she is a corporate trainer, uh, an executive coach and transformational personal coach. She is also the author of Happiness is a Habit, Simple Daily Rituals that Increase Energy, Improve Well-Being, and Add Joy to Every Day. I couldn't think of a better person to have on Out of the Box. So welcome, Michelle Phillips, to Out of the Box with Christine. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to get into this fabulous conversation. Well, I love the, I love the title of your book because, you know, it's it's probably one of everybody's goal is or supposed goal is to be happy. But um, we can tend as human beings to sort of maybe sometimes see the negative in in life. Right. We wake up and we go, oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And yet we don't know why we're not happy. Um, so I really, I kudos to you on the title of the, of the book and congratulations on the book as well. Um, as, how did you, how did you get into all of the work that you've been doing as a corporate trainer? How did you start? Did you, were you like a little kid going, I want to help people? No, I wish I was, but I, maybe I was and I didn't pay attention. I was a little kid who liked to be the center of attention. I was always singing, dancing, you know, the center of attention, you know, the stage, but I had nothing to say. So I went to school for uh corp and I went to school for, um, oh my gosh, I'm now I'm losing my, why did I go to school? I don't know, Christine. Did you Cause you had to go to school. <laughs> I went to school for communications and I can't communicate. That's the funny part about this. I went to school for communications because I knew I liked to speak, but I really didn't have a topic. And over the course of going to undergrad, graduate school, working, I worked um, in Verizon Wireless, which is in America here is the, our cell phone company. And it just led me down this path. I always say this path chose me. Yeah. I can't leave it. I love it. Um, living, learning habits, teaching people that they always have more power than they think is just in every cell of my body. So when I was a student at Fordham University in New York City, I gave a presentation called Leading with a Heart. I was 
late twenties, I don't know, maybe 30, I don't know, but it was so important to me. And I really believe what I was saying. And this corporate executive was said to me, I want you to train my executives. So oh, she hired hello. me. I did. I didn't even have a class. I ran home and I said, I have to create this class. And I went to their corporate retreat center and I delivered the class. And then all the executives started hiring me. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have a career here. Because it's not just something I get up there and say, it's something I believe. And I think that's what comes across. That's my specialty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how important is it? Because we do get lost. We, we can tend to get lost in the, in, in the busyness of life. And, and that's uh, something that I think that you, you also like to drive home that point, you know, being busy does not necessarily equate happiness. Oh, and we are busy. We're quotes. very busy. We're, we're yes. like, you know, on the phones for, you know, blah, blah. it's it's a very hectic uh, world that we live in. And um, but it's busy with a purpose is different than busy for the sake of busy. Yeah. Right. So I always say busy people are boring. And I, I almost say that because it kind of sticks me in the heart. I'm like, oh, busy people are boring. <laughs> right. Because sometimes you're just going and rushing. I call it, you know, the huffing people are huffing and puffing all the time, going here and going there. But are you getting anything accomplished? right? The juice is I'm busy, but there's a purpose. I have a focus. And the reason most people don't get what they want in life is because their head is a jumble of thoughts and ideas. They're not focused. So they're busy, they're moving. But when you have that pure focus, you know what your purpose is. And I know people, oh, what's my purpose? You know, your purpose could just be to help people. But you're when you're focused, then you take steps with authority. And that's the difference. And I try to teach people People say, I can't focus. I'm like, learn, get over it. <laughs> yes, you can. Because <laughs> everyone's like, I have the attention span of a fly. I'm like, focus is your superpower. Yeah. And, and that's when you get the, that's when the good stuff gets created as well. Right. Because I, I, um, my clients, you know, they, again, they're overwhelmed. They, um, of course they've, they've got their own business. If it's a coaching business or a consultant, consultancy, and they, in their mind, they feel that they need to be perfect or, uh, you know, they need to be um, a social media manager. They need to be a, a publicist. They need to be, uh, you know, if they have a business where they have um, any employees, they have to be some super manager. They, they're, they're all these hats that they're wearing. And then they have lives as well, like right. other, like home life. You know, they're, they're a mom and they get, you know, they got the kids, they got the house, they got the, the animals, all that stuff. So what I find is that people sometimes outstretch them. They're, they're, there's too much going on. And when they're overwhelmed, it's, it's like, um, I, I equate this to in Los Angeles, there's a deli called Jerry's deli and the Jerry's deli, it, this menu, you open up the menu and, and there's like 150 different things okay. to order. <laughs> and when you have too many choices, sometimes you just yeah. go, I'll just go back. I'll take the matzo ball soup. You know, I'll just, I'm, cause I know what that is. Uh, it's it's safe. Um, it's the same every single time, because when we have too many options, sometimes we don't do anything, and that's well, why I like what you paralysis. Okay. Yeah, I like what you say about being a conscious entrepreneur, right? And most entrepreneurs, you get into business so you can run your own schedule and run your own life, and then we make ourselves crazy. So it's a con to me, a conscious conscious entrepreneur doesn't do have to do what I call the dull normals, what everyone else is doing. Right. Because every book you read and there's there's so much good advice out there. But if you really took all the expert advice, 
you know, you should be in your target heart rate for X amount of minutes a day, and you should brush your teeth twice a day, and you should post X amount of days, and you should vlog. And, you, and it's like, oh my gosh, stop the madness. But if you really step away and say, based on my business, based on where I get my clients, based on what I need, what are the my most important actions? And yeah. then putting those in your calendar and then saying, no, it's okay that you didn't post today. The world is not going to end. But I think that that keeping up with the Joneses or um, fear of missing out or whatever it is that we feel like you said, uh, Christine, the perfection, right? If I don't do this and do that, and then what's the point? You're missing it. Well, then you become a miserable cow. <laughs> exactly. You and can that's quote me if you want I on that. Myself. And your next book, you can say Christy Blasio says, well, don't be a miserable cow. Don't. I say Del Normal, but I kind of like miserable cow. I'm going to have to adopt that one. But well, I say the Del Normals yeah. are out there just running themselves ragged. Yes. And stressed. Filled with stress and anxiety. Uh, and that's when you make mistakes as well, when you're overwhelmed like that and you're pushing yourself too too hard. Um, there's like two the, reasons for overwhelm. I always tell people. Yeah. Right. You're either you have too much to do. So you just freeze. Right. You have so much on your list or you're trying to put something in your calendar that takes two hours and you're trying to squeeze it into one hour. Yes. Stop yes. doing that. I tell everybody, stop it. Well, I like the idea of, you know, with 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 my clients um, because they come to me overwhelmed. They already come to me all stressed out. Right. And so my my job is to say, let's let's pick the low hanging fruit. Let's 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 take the stuff that's an obvious and relatively easy to do, but also will get more bang for your buck. Because, again, they're running around going, what do I do? What do I do? How do I do? And that's what I love about that's what I love about coaching them and showing them how to create a podcast, because I say what you're doing is, first of all, it's great marketing. It's once you learn how to do the stuff and you buy your micro microphone and you have decent Wi-Fi, it's free. And and it's 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 basically telling the world how good you are, what your skill set is. Right. Without being too salesy, because if you're an infomercial, people are going to turn you on, turn you off. But you're you're getting to communicate directly to potential clients or customers. And then the great thing about it is that you can repurpose it. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time you record a podcast, let's say on Zoom, because you want to have the video, right? The video goes up on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook and all those good things. You have a transcript. So you have copy that you can repurpose as modules in a course or chapters in a book or a blog, whatever you want. And then you have this beautiful video that you can cut up snippets from and start posting on, you know, your TikToks and your Instagram right. reels. So you're, you're creating a beautiful piece of content and then you're repurposing that. And that way you're doing all those things that you're, you're, you're telling yourself you need to do. I need to come up with more clever social media content. Right. I need to do blogs. And, but if you have to write and uh, create every single thing yes, you know, yes. from scratch, well, who has time for that? Right. Well, it's your perspective too. It's you're saying, let's, you know, let's make this great video and let's repurpose it. So it's the perspective of, I can handle this, right? You're not taking on too much. You're taking it in bite-sized pieces and you're creating a habit, right? You've been doing this for seven years, right? So that's something I'm sure you have it down pat and you didn't in the beginning. 
So in my book, happiness is a habit. I always want people to look at their habits mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, right? Are they leading you where you want to go? Do you have a good habit? Like when you create a podcast, you don't just wake up and say, I don't know, what am I going to do today? Like you have a schedule, you have, you know, I, there, I guarantee you there's things that you do without thinking the habits you have to create your content and to create your podcast are the things that are working on autopilot now because you've done them so long. So that's the goal of my book is for people to start small and start creating things that are on autopilot. Well, it, habits require no energy. Well, in your, the title of your book, happiness is a habit, simple daily rituals that increase energy, improve well-being, and add joy to every day. What are some simple daily rituals that we can do that, that can yeah. accomplish that? Yeah. Give well, we few. were talking, we were talking ahead of time, Christine, it's about people wake up in the morning, just automatically in a bad mood right? Or we just complain naturally. Like, again, our brains are set up to keep us safe. They're not set up to keep us happy. So the habit of going to bed and saying prayers, gratitude, meditation, the habit of the minute your eyes open up in the morning, you know, saying thank you. And then having some kind of morning routine that I always say educates, motivates, or inspires you, right? If you hit the snooze too many times, roll out of bed and then hit your email or social media, yuck. Right. But if you meditate, read, do something that raises your energy, you already are ahead of the game. And then you bring that good energy into your day. So I ask people to start with something really small and commit to 90 days. That sounds like a lot, but if I, if I said to you, I'm going to sit and meditate for two minutes or eat an apple every day for 90 days at the end of the 90 days, you don't think about it. It's something you do without thinking. And then right. you add another habit. In five years, you have 20 positive, powerful habits leading you where you want on autopilot, right? right? It could just be maybe every day at 10, I'm going to look at my podcast guests and decide on topics or whatever your habits are, but just commit to them until they're on autopilot. And then look at the ones that you don't want. And I don't mean, I always tell people, don't even worry about the bad habits. If you get enough good habits going in your life, the bad ones, I guarantee you drop away. Right. Because you're feeling too good with those, all those good habits. Exactly. Well, and that's why, that's why, you know, the, the habit or creating the habit of also doing exercise in the morning, it, because it yeah. increases those endorphins. And then you can carry that with you throughout the, you know, your morning and your day. Um, I, 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 I love the idea of, um, of giving yourself that benchmark of doing you know, 90 days. And I like 90 days is, well, because three months sounds like, oh, it's a quarter of a year, but right. 90 days, you know, it's like, okay, that, because it goes by fast, but when we first start off, it might be, but Michelle, it's cold outside and I'm very warm and toasty in my right. bed and I can easily hit that snooze button. So what do you say to those people who go, you know, okay, that all sounds good, but in reality, are we really yeah. going to do that? Are we really going to get out of that? It goes cold? back. <laughs> I get so excited. It goes back to what you said before about giving up perfectionism, right? In those 90 days, if you work out more days than you don't, you're ahead of the game, right? It's, it's people that go, oh, I did it for two weeks. And then I, I stopped. Well, I took a day off. So what? You took a day off. You took a week off. It doesn't matter. This is a lifetime. I saw your Mel Robbins post the other day, right? It's a marathon, right? This is life is a marathon. So you have to not be so hard on yourself. And if you don't do it for a week, a day, start again, right? But at the end of those 90 days, if you look back and say, wow, 
Like I did like 40 days or whatever I got, you know, uh, that's better than what I did before. So it's giving yourself those small milestones. I say 90 days because people try to do everything at once. Like on New Year's Eve, they just make all yeah. these ridiculous, <laughs> like it's just not happening. But if you do one little thing, like my high school friends are like, who are you? And I'm like, oh my God, this was like over years of just one little thing, then another little thing. And yeah. it's just constantly, and then now, you know, there's a new, there's always something, right? You'll never get it done. I think that's what struck me as you were talking about entrepreneurs. There's so much to do and there's so many options. That's where overwhelm comes from also. And I'm always like, I don't have to figure it out all right now and I'll never get it done. What can I do right now that's going to move Make, me in the right direction? And what can you do that will have the most impact? You yeah. know, that's that's the thing. Work. I like I my idea is to I like to work smarter, not harder. And and knowing when to pull away. Right. Knowing when to go, you know, what? Well, because I'm a creative machine. I I love to create. And I think that's why I was, you know, in radio for so long and I was a producer and I was a right. You know, I was just all these different things, all these creative things, because I like to create. I like to birth things yeah. right episodes podcasts you know with my clients it's i get to live vicariously through many of my clients because we're going through the whole process of creating the look and the feel the 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 title you know um i've had some i've had some wonderful beautiful clients who've come to me and they said the title of my podcast is blank you know you know whatever the the green owl on the hill and I'll go, no, it's not. <laughs> but they go, but but yeah, I go, but you're an accountant and you want to tell people how to save money and, you know, how to embrace their financial, you know, freedom. And and the owl has nothing to do and nobody's right. going to know what it is. But I live vicariously through them because every podcast, every YouTube channel that they create through working with me is like a little birth. It's like it's like yes. a, a little baby. We all desire to create every single, every single living thing wants to grow and evolve and create, but you're giving them an avenue to. And that's what I try to do with my clients too, is give them the confidence to fully express themselves, to not play small. So the, the habit of thinking of being confident of not letting the doubts come in, right? These are all the way you think is a habit. You know, the, the beauty of hiring experts to help you. I always say to my clients, you know, what's the thing you're looking to solve and what's prevented you from solving it up until now? Right. Having yeah. someone to be accountable, someone to say the owl's not going to cut it. Right? Yeah. You know, is is helpful is what we need. So it's realizing, I mean, look at the how many YouTube channel. Everyone wants content out there. Everyone's right, but there's eight billion people on the planet. And right now, conscious entrepreneurs are needed more than ever, right? Helping people really, I always say connect their head to their heart and you know, make sure their method message is connected. And you touched on something too. It's and it's and it's not just the world does need conscious entrepreneurs, and we're here to support them, but also conscious companies and corporations. Yeah. Um. And and I've I mean, I was blessed and lucky enough to for a, for one year. It was supposed to be a couple weeks. It was supposed to be like two weeks. Um. I was asked to be the general manager of a major radio station in Los Angeles. A very creative radio station, not your typical um, commercial run, right? Very creative, very progressive, right? Standing up for rights and all that good stuff. So instead of a couple weeks, it ended up being a year. And in that year, 
what I learned was it's just as important as important as it is to have key people be in positions in the company or in the organization, right? The network um, who are experts in their field. It's really important that management is able to be flexible and to see within their staff, their, their, their team, of course, who excels and who's doing a great job, but also who is maybe put into a position where they were like, you know what, I need, I need to pay the mortgage or I need to take care of my family, so I'm going to have this job. And then you know they're miserable. They're miserable. They don't like it, but they have other, they have other creativities. They have other skills. And instead of just putting them, you know, the square peg and the, you know, shoving it in that circle and saying, that's what you're going to do, you know, Susie or Joe, and you're going to like it. um, Having that ability as in management to go, you know what, I want to get the best out of my team. And Susie over here, she doesn't like data entry. She does it, but she doesn't really like it. She's actually really creative. Maybe I could move her, you know. That flexibility, I think in companies, you get the best out of your staff and you can oh, get so productive. Yes. I uh, 1000% agree, right? I've been in corporations for 23 years now working, I always say with enlightened leaders, right? I yeah. work with conscious leaders. So, you know, I work with people that get it and that's what's so great because they want people that get it, want to see their employees. They want, they want people to become the best versions of themselves. And I've worked with leaders where, you know, I'm a strength-based coach in corporations and we do the strengths and we talk. I've had leaders that have said to me, I want a seat at the table and I want the money in the office, but I don't want the people. And it's like, well, no, that doesn't, you know, then you're in the wrong position. I've had leaders that have put people in the wrong position just because they thought, you know, they could do well. So it's really finding their strengths, like you're saying, and, and is this a good fit or should it, or should they be someplace else? And what happens, what I find a lot is those courageous conversations don't always happen. And then I get people middle of their career and they say to me, nobody ever told me I wasn't good at blank. You know, these people get shuffled around. So when I find these conscious leaders, they're, I mean, I, we work with them. I've got very long-term clients uh, that just constantly are working with me and we are working with their teams because we want people to evolve and grow and, and do exactly what you're saying, make sure they're in the right position. Well, because it's not a static, it, it's a, it's a, it's an organism, yeah. right? Cause we all, and we all have, we all have our moods. We all have our days. We all have all of that. So being able to be flexible, I think in management is really, really important and knowing what is best, you know, a little story on that was because before I became, before they asked me to do the general managership, uh, when I was working there, when I was one of the, um, one of the many, right. Uh, there was a, a person that was on staff that was, he, he just had vitriol for me. I, I, he was just horrible to me. Horrible. Um, oh, just, yeah, just the thought of him. Don't Ooh. go there. Don't go. I won't go there. But what was, <laughs> what's interesting is that when I became a manager, the general manager, his boss, you could tell there was a moment where he's like, oh, oh, the chickens are going to come home to roost, right? She's going to get rid of me or she's going to make my life. And you know what? Because I knew what was best for the radio station and for the airwaves, I I I, I didn't have any retribution against him because I knew what was best. And even though I wasn't a fan of his, 
I wasn't going to make his life miserable or get rid of him because I knew what was best for the business. Right. And that's what an evolved leader does. Yes. Yes. We need more evolved leaders. Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny because um, I've got clients, I think it's just giving them the permission. I always say, because I'm very metaphysical, but I'm also, I have the science and the research. So it's giving people permission to um, bring, you know, their heart to work, to bring, you know, to be authentic, to say that, you know, what they're feeling. And that's why in the workshops I do, it's always breaking down the walls, right? And bringing a group of people in a circle, you know, it's a, it's not a kumbaya, but it's a like, let's break down, let's be selectively vulnerable. Let's start to share so we could build the bridges because so often in corporations, people are trying to be so tough and not let them see you. But the minute one person lets their, it's, I've had the most beautiful experiences where people are sharing in a corporate environment um, where they didn't, you know, where they before were, you know, just being, I call it the corporate talking head, saying what you think you're supposed to, doing what you think. It's when you learn to identify your own internal guidance, you make better decisions. And that's every leader that does that connects their head to their heart and is able to make a decision based on their own knowing versus what the book says they should do. So that's, those have been my best, you know, I look at the leaders that I've worked with and they're just beautiful people that, you know, they, and one guy says to me, Michelle, he's like, I love talking to you because he's like my team. I can't bring it to my team. My wife doesn't want to hear it. Right. I need someone to go to, to just talk like a human being and say, this is what I'm struggling with. And I think that's, you know, that's where the corporate co- coaching comes in, giving people the opportunity to express in a psychologically safe place. And then they make better decisions when they go back to their team, because you've affirmed that they're doing the right thing, because it's always that, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to be seen as wishy-washy if I care, right? If I show my feelings, right. And it's really giving them permission to um, be firm, but also, you know, be human. And to have that feedback, because sometimes it's it's true, you know, we need that outside. That's why coaches or consultants, you you know, if you, if there, if you have an issue, uh, if there's something that you want to accomplish or create, um, get the guidance of someone who that's what they do where they they're able to because they're an outsider they're able to take a look in whereas when we're in it when we're in that company or that corporate you know in that that environment we don't see it you know we a lot of times it could be dysfunctional it could be highly dysfunctional and we just think that that's what's normal and, you know, yeah. doesn't I everybody find- go through these things? You know, doesn't anybody, everybody have, you know, the people that they hate at the office? And, yeah, OK, you have your office politics and things, but um, you need sometimes that outside person like yourself to come in and take a look and say, this is this is not healthy. <laughs> yeah, you got <laughs> me excited about something because you hit on something with me. It's a lot of my clients I've found we have this. um image of what a leader should look like. Right. And it's very old and outdated. Right. Right. So I think that a lot of the clients I work with when they're um, empathetic or they're, you know, they're caring and I do a a values and action assessment with them and it comes up, love comes up as one of their top strengths or, and they're like, how am I going to use that at work? And it's really giving people permission because I'm like, you think that, that, that old fashioned leadership, you know, stereotype is what you should be but you could be a leader in your own way, using your own gifts. And you see people just exhale and go, I never thought, I I didn't think those were strengths, right? Be, oh, you know, love, yes. empathy and right understanding and, and, you know, consciousness. So it's really giving them permission to own those and letting them know 
when you use your top five strengths every day, right? You're more successful. It's when you're trying to be something you're not where the frustration, the stress, the anxiety, but when I know empathy and understanding is my, you know, my, what are my top ones? I can't think it's like zest, creativity, love, you know, how do I bring that to my job every day? My job might be something that, you know, isn't creative in the sense, but I still can bring those traits to what I do every day. And that's what giving people permission to be, be those things. And then you'll get, and then you get the respect um, from your staff and from the, from the people that you manage and that you, um, you know, that's, that's the thing when they see someone who stands up, you know, let's say something's coming down from, you know, from above that person, some, um, some change and that, and, and that leader, that manager, that executive looks at it and goes, you know what, that's not right. Or I'm going to fight back on this because I think that's wrong. Um, your staff will have such respect for you. And, and that's an inner strength that you're cultivating, right? Yes. Yeah. And you're, well, you're also, you're also showing them that, you know what, it's, it's good to stand up for something that you see that's wrong. So if you also see that in your department or you see that what's going on, you know, you stand up and, 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 and take a stand on that. Um, Oh my goodness. I could talk to you forever. Um, Michelle Phillips, uh, for people who want to learn more because you do work with companies and corporations, but you also work with individuals and entrepreneurs. What's the best way for people to reach out to you? Sure. The best, the easiest uh, address is at key performance um, is my Instagram, but my website is www.key2unlock.com. And if you go on my website, you will get my five habits to supersize, uh, supersize, I sound like McDonald's, energize your results. <laughs> Supersize them too. Energize your results. You can tell what what uh, era I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, you're energizing your results because the habits are the things you do every day without thinking, and that's what I'm looking at clients. You know, we do assessments. What are the habits that are working? What are the ones that aren't? But those are the two places they can find me. And it's uh, key to unlock. It's the number two key, K E Y two. The number two unlock.com. That's the website. And, um, and if you sign up for the newsletter too, you'll get some goodies uh, as well. Reach out to Michelle Phillips if you can, the light lady, um, and just say hi and say, hey, I heard you on the show. And, um, and you never know what will happen. You never, never know. You never know. Thanks again, thank Michelle. You, Christine. Thank, thank you so you. much. And I want to thank you, wonderful listeners on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those great platforms, and also the viewers uh, for the YouTube channel. If you want if you if you're listening to this and you want to see my beautiful guest michelle phillips and myself go to youtube and check it out it's out of the box with christine you can't miss it and um, we'd love to have you on board make sure you like subscribe share the show whatever you'd like if you want more information about me and my uh, coaching business you can go to christineblasdale.com all of those links that we talked about will be in the show notes so you can just click click clink there or click Click or clink, whatever you whatever you want. All right. Until next time, as I always say, remember to think outside that damn box. Bye for now. <laughs>